Hey, it's Coco and Carly, and we are the hosts of Soul Rehab. Each week, we'll inspire you to get back on Blueprint through our experiences and journey living through a higher vibration and consciousness. Because ultimately, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. This is your vibrational experience. Okay, episode five already, you guys. This is an exciting episode and it is packed with so much knowledge. The vibrations in this episode are amazing and I feel like so many of you guys are going to be forever changed after listening to this episode. We talk about one of the most complex things of being human and that is love. That is relationships. That is soulmates, friendships, twin flames. We break it all down. We use our lives to show you examples and contrasts and really show you guys the examples because we've walked it and are still walking it. So this is for everybody who has ever had any type of relationship, lover, friendship, random person on the street, and you have always felt that there's something more. This is to explain it all, allow you to learn more and to look at your life and see how everybody that you meet is truly in your life for a purpose. Really take this one in, guys. Are you guys still there? What episode are we on? Five. Is it five already? It's five. Oh my goodness. Five. High five. High five, five. literally. (laughs) So I have been getting some downloads in the last few days to do a topic on relationships with soulmates twin flames, soul contracts, all the love, all the love. love. I feel like that's like the most requested topic when it comes to everything, (laughs) everything, everybody is searching for love, wanting to know who's right, who's wrong, how to deal with love. I mean, it's the root of who we are as human beings is love, relationships, you know, finding the one. So we're going to get real with you and talk to you about a lot of information when it comes to your relationship. So I ask you in this moment to, you know, really breathe and let down any lenses and any thought forms that you have about relationships because a lot's going to be downloaded today and let it, you know, no judgments, let this percolate with you and see what resonates with you for you to look at your life. So the first thing I want to talk about is everybody and everything in your life is a soul contract. What's a soul contract? (laughs) Let's start from the beginning. (laughs) This is going to get really deep. So take it how it is for you. If this doesn't resonate, that's fine, but I'm going to share it anyways. So before you come into this life, you can imagine yourself sitting at like a little scholar desk and you're kind of planning out your life and you know, you're thinking like, okay, in my life, I'm going to meet Carly or I'm going to have, you know, a random relationship with, you know, Derek and Every single person that you meet has been planned 
in your life as a soul contract. So a soul contract means that you made an agreement with another soul before coming into this life to have them, you know, awaken you, to help you, to teach you, to be a lesson, to be a mistake, to be anything that you needed on your soul journey and vice versa. So that person also, by making a soul contract, you are also, say, a player in their game. Right. So when you say everyone in your life is a soul contract, what's the extent of that? So obviously, like our family, our partners, they're soul contracts. But if I look at someone that's walking down the street, is that a soul contract? I mean, that gets into really deep quantum quantum physics stuff. But yeah, essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every single person that you meet, even if it's sitting next to on a plane, you don't know how that vibrational relationship impacts you. And I can speak from that from experience. I met a guy probably nine years ago on a plane, an old fella, and he, you know, impacted me and mm-hmm. I impacted him. Mm-hmm. And even earlier this previous year, when um, I switched my life around, he wrote a comment on my Facebook and was like, I have never, ever like forgot when we met each other and you like impacted me and I share your story with like my daughters. And so like, look at the the snowball effect that that soul contract had with that, what one hour flight. Yeah. And now, um, you know, nine, 10 years later, he's still somebody that randomly thinks about me or a girl that I met on this turbulent flight to New York, like, you know, 15 years ago. And she too will every now and then comment to my Facebook and be like on that fateful night Mm -hmm. to New York and the impact that we had on each other was there. Well, that's so interesting too, because a lot of movies are made that way, you know, or especially those ones where there is like time travel or you go back and you change something. It's always like those little interactions can like delay another action or ignite another action, which then changes the trajectory of your your timeline. Yeah. So we want to think that all of our like romantic relationships and our family and long-term friendships are these like big, you know, um, soul contracts in our life, but, and they are, and I'll get to that, but every single other contact that you've had with another person in your life is a soul contract. Mm -hmm. And people don't want to necessarily admit that because there's a lot of, you know, relationships or moments that weren't pleasant. You Mm -hmm. know, we could go into a deep level, like, you know, Really? So you're saying that the guy that molested me or raped me or assaulted me is a soul contract? Right. I mean, honestly, like, yes. yeah, it is. Yeah. Because when you do the work to release that and to um, elevate yourself from that moment in time, you will see how it played a part in the trajectory of your life. Right. Well, they always say, you know, it, it made me those, those, those moments made me, or I wouldn't have done this if that didn't happen. So that, that's what you're explaining. Yeah. And using me as an example, I remember, you know, um, before I moved to Vancouver, I was going to, um, move to London, UK. And I was, you know, saving money, paying off my credit cards And I was like, I'm moving to London. I'm going to do, you know, marketing there. And I had like no real plan, but I kind of had this like calling 
the calling looking back now is very egoic. Mm-hmm. I want it to, you know, be be seen as like the girl that moved to London and did all this. Right. Small town to big European yes. city. Yes. Yeah, but yeah. at the time I was in a committed relationship and I was like, you know what? I either I'm running from something or I'm not wanting to look at something, but I'm going to go to London. And what am I going to do? I'm still going to come back and want to be in that relationship. Right. right? Funny story about that, or it's not funny, but it shows like the sole contract. I had randomly met a guy two months before I was supposed to go. And like we connected as like friends and like hung out all the time. And it was a very intense kind of two months. And I felt bad for him because he had just broken up with a girlfriend. So I was like going over the top to like buy him clothes and take him out for meals all of a sudden racked up the credit card right. that I had they since just paid, paid off. off. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is so fucked up. Like I have, like I have this relationship and now I have this guy and I'm like spending money on him and it was toxic and I was chaotic and I couldn't understand why I was like feeling the way that I was feeling and spending this money and doing all this stuff. But it wasn't even six months after I stopped sp- speaking to that guy that I then moved to Vancouver with my partner. And I saw that that guy was a sole contract that blew a red flag in front of me and is like, stop. Yeah. It kept you here. Yeah. Yeah. And moved me onto the trajectory that I needed to, which was Vancouver. And then, you know, the domino effect of my life to get me. Yes. (laughs) But seriously. Yes. So I was like distraught and felt crazy and didn't know why I was doing all these things and whatever. But I was like, over the top with it and now I see that that was such a soul contract with a like I I said it for years to everyone it was that that red stop sign yeah it was almost like he was throwing everything at you that you were trying he was reversing everything you were working for to get you to London because you weren't supposed to go yes yeah interesting yes and so many situations like that has happened in my personal life to use as an example so look at your life and be like, okay, who in my life has been a sole contract? And honestly, when you start reflecting, you're going to be like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Everything wow. really does happen for yeah, a reason. Yeah, and it's all connected. And you see how like the random people that you didn't even think were anything had an impact so much more. Mm-hmm. And they do. And it's amazing. Like it really truly is when you look at it from conscious eyes and realize that everything is connected. So your family and your lovers are past what I would say soul contracts and almost soul mates. Yeah. So can we talk about that? Because I know, you know, growing up, you're always like, I'm going to meet my soulmate, but there's, there's different, I guess, categories. There's soulmates, there's twin flames, all these different types of relationships that I think often gets mumble jumbled with like pop culture conversations and words. Yeah. So, um, a soulmate, you will feel a deep connection and a pull towards that person. Okay. Um, they can be a friendship. Obviously they're a lover. Um, they can even be your parent or your siblings, right? Like you will look at like a lot of sibling relationships and be like, they're just like my soulmate. Like I feel so close to them. So a soulmate relationship romantically is often the relationship that you know triggers you to help you evolve as a person Mm. and 
soulmate relationships are deep, they're intense, and you're almost going to wonder like why you're in that relationship, why you feel so drawn to that relationship, and you're just going to feel the energetic ties of that relationship, sometimes for years upon years upon years. And you, in a soulmate relationship, might also be like, I know that I should probably move on, but you just can't. Right. There's something keeping you there. There's something keeping you there. And our egos like to grasp onto, well, they're my soulmate, you know, and Mm -hmm. you're thinking you're never going to feel anything like this again and all the things. On the contrast of that, you could be with a soulmate and if you're both healed and you're both in like working individually on like your conscious relationship, you'll have one of the best relationships of your life. Right. Right. But it all depends on, you know, the quantum field and what the contract of your soul contract relationship was. And I, and I guess to kind of what, what both partners purpose is in their life. Yes. And here's the thing. We have human free will down here. Okay. So you can um, pick a, a soul contract relationship, but if, if it's meant to, if it's meant to say, help you evolve, if that person fulfills that role for you and you go and you break up and you go and evolve, if that other person does the work yeah, and then you meet at the same vibration, you still have human free will to still experience that soulmate relationship. Right. Okay. So that's a lot to take in. So I'm going to use this in, in a literal sense and I'm going to use my life um, as an example. So my, um, my relationship, my high school sweetheart, my relationship that I was in for 16 years was a soul mate mm-hmm. relationship. We definitely felt that magnet towards each other and we found each other randomly um, when I was in high school and there was no rhyme or reason for that. So I find that too a lot about soul mate relationships right. is it's like it's kind of random it's, and it's almost like there's no logic like yeah, why like, did we meet exactly how did we meet or it was like serendipity almost yeah. like it was like the stars aligned yeah. you know what I mean like in my case I had met him on yahoo chat and I was just about to get off yahoo chat um and I'm dating myself yahoo chat <laughs> and I was just about to get off yahoo chat and or was he, it icq no it was yahoo do you remember chat. icq I know <laughs> So I was just about to get off Yahoo chat and he messaged me. And I think about that a lot in my teachings because I'm like, gosh, like the stars aligned. You know, I know I hate to say that, but it was like so planned because one second later and I would have closed the X and been off. But then in true soulmate fashion, there would have been another point in time that it would have tried to align. Right. right? So it's almost like we always say everything happens for a reason. And yes, we still have free will within that. So something I always like to say, and just to like clarify when people are confused about this is we have free will in the sense that we can choose if we want to go left or right. Um, and let's say we go left today and we were supposed to go right. Well, next time we go right, it'll probably line up. Like there will always be, if it's not today, it'll be tomorrow. And the universe will just keep throwing things at you to make sure that that happens until it does. Yes. Yeah. So in my previous relationship, that was 100 million percent a soulmate, um, relationship. It wasn't a soul contract. It was a soulmate and it, it, it expand on, you know, for over 10 years, almost pushing into two decades. And I 
fought so many thoughts and so many things throughout that relationship because I could never figure out like why with so many things, right? And I I struggled so hard with the why. And it's like, I felt like I could never get on like the exact same page. Like I was always, you know, the passionate, motivated dreamer. And he was more of like the literal, like black and white. Well, that's that's what I think the struggle is for everybody. And I feel like that's why people give chances over chances over chances because you, you just don't understand it. You know, something's there, Yes, but you just, you can't well, put and you're trying to, to honestly put a square peg into a round hole right. because you can feel the energy attachment. You feel this love and it's so intense and you just, you know that there's something there. So you, you hold on, you Mm -hmm. cling. And, you know, I didn't even really know the language of like soulmate the whole entire time until towards the end, I was like, okay. And obviously during my, um, when we did break up, that started my whole awakening. So any little tiny bit of conversations that we ever had after the breakup, which was very rare, it was my awareness was coming stronger and stronger. Okay. This person is my soulmate in the sense that he fulfilled his role to a T mm-hmm. because he was the catalyst in my awakening. Right. I think it's almost like those soulmate, which is kind of coming to me right now too, is those soulmates are those relationships that an outsider looks at and they're like, just leave him or her, or why are you still with him? Or I don't understand why they're together. It's this like, the logic behind it does not make sense, yes. but it either works to an extreme or doesn't work to an extreme. Exactly. But the people that are in it, that are experiencing it, just can't get out and they don't know why. Logically, they know they shouldn't be together or should be together, like vice versa, right? Yes. Both extremities, but they just don't know why. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I know for a fact, you know, everybody would look at my relationship and say, like, why are they still together? And, like, we lived in different provinces for, like, most of our relationship because, you know, different journeys, different passions, different things. So he, he, our breakup caused me to evolve, right? It brought me to where I am today. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And it was also the worst for the Mm -hmm. longest time because I, it caused me to clear out so much. It caused me to look at everything. And then earlier, um, in, in 2019, he actually handed me the match to light my whole entire life on fire. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when I was ending my previous life, I had written a statement and my partner now was like, you're going to know one day when you need to release that statement. Like, it's just going to come to you. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what more? You're like, I just want to do it now. Just <laughs> yeah, get like, over what, with. What more, <laughs> Pull the be, off. what more could be coming to me yeah. to make me want to, um, light my life on fire. Yeah. Right. Why am I prolonging this? Yes. And so at this point, my old relationship was like long and gone. And I, you know, I didn't think about it. It was what it was. You know, I had done my healing, my releasing, all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. But on his side, it still lingered. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was out for a walk the morning before I released my statement And a girlfriend, an old girlfriend had texted me and just said, like, I'm just checking up on you. I haven't seen you around in in a while, just making sure that you're okay, you know, et cetera. And I kind of had told her what was going on. Long story short, with not getting into details, um, he ended up 
having the ultimate betrayal for me Mm -hmm. and a person that I trusted, a person that I loved, like sincerely Mm -hmm. loved for all those years was partaking in a level of negativity towards me Mm -hmm. that I couldn't even believe no matter what had gone on with us. Yeah, like if I would have said, he's going to do this, this, and this, he'd be like, he'd be the last person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on my walk home, I saw my growth from my soulmate relationship. I did not cry. I did not feel anything. All I did was feel sad for him. And then when I walked into the house and I told my partner, he was like, there you go. That's the match. There's the match. And the next day I lit it all on fire I chose myself, I changed my life, and I realized that the soulmate contract on my side had finally come full circle. Right, it was fulfilled. Fulfilled. Yeah. So use my life as an example and look at that. So now, like, from a place of healed and compassion, I take all of the experiences of that relationship, and I'm like, thank you. Mm -hmm. You taught me so much. You loved me. You supported me. But you also taught me what I needed to do to get my voice again. Well, he basically gave you the ultimate gift. Yes. He gave you yourself back is what he ended up doing. Yes. Because I was, you know, he, he serves such a purpose. And, you know, it's amazing when you get to that point of compassion with your soulmates. Mm-hmm. So now you might say, okay, so that's an example of a soulmate that clearly didn't work. Yeah. But had... Um, had a reason. Yeah. Um, so now in my personal life, I now have another soulmate relationship mm-hmm. and it is on the opposite spectrum. Yeah. Right. So I'm in a conscious relationship with a soulmate that he has his wounds. I have my wounds and we've done individual healing to then meet in the middle. Right. And we have now done work to realize what his purpose is in our relationship and vice versa, Mm -hmm. to have that conscious soulmate relationship. Mm -hmm. So from someone who's had the other extreme of it needed to happen to evolve, now I'm in a relationship where it's it's the other vibration. Yeah, it's still needed to evolve, but it's evolving... Consciously. uh, Consciously, exactly. Yeah. And let me tell you, my relationship now, you know, it, it, it had its journeys. We had to heal together. Mm-hmm. Right. We had to. But along that, that healing, though, you still never took from one another to heal yourself. No, that was the difference, I think. Yes. Too. Yes. And you just move into a different evolution. Like it's mm-hmm. wild. And now that I'm like in this relationship, I'm like, what the fuck? Like it's so. What was I doing? <laughs> well, it's like wild. Like no disrespect to my previous relationship, because honestly, like I have nothing but love and honestly light for that person. I have nothing bad to say about that person, but I'm like, I can't even believe the contrast, Mm -hmm. the difference, the happiness, the joy, the feeling, the unlimited support, the, you know, you, it's, it's just so different when you see the contrast of the two soulmate relationships. And but that that contrast though, it, you're not going to see that until you're through it. No, and that's why I think a lot of people don't. They they don't go through. I want to call it work to get to that point because I get it. Like when you're in it, you're in it, and it's so hard. But then you always end up going back once you have the strength to heal through and being like, I get it. That that's why. And, yeah. And I'm so happy that I did that. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? It's also really amazing when you look at yourself instead of, um, 
you know, putting the blame on the other person right? or, you know, sitting in that energy forever, you know, like I'm totally healed and moved on from that previous soulmate relationship, but I would like feel so sad for myself right now. If I was still stuck in that, like anger, resentment, like all the things that you want to feel, all the things that you want to put on that other person to avoid looking at yourself. So they're the problem. They did this to me. You sit in this victim mindset. And it's like, we always say everybody's relationship, soul contract, twin flame, whatever it may be, you know, you still have your own power. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You still, it takes two people in a relationship. It's not always everybody else and wounds seek wounds. Right. So a lot of times in relationships, you're going to attract a partner that is going to break open wide a wound that you need to look at. So in my previous relationship, my self-worth wound was intense. I never felt good enough. I always was trying to make him happy, give him the life that he wanted or we thought we wanted. And I was always overcompensating and spiraling. And I was very egoic in that relationship. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. I, I was in my fashion life in that, in that relationship. And you know, it was things and places and, and that, right. Well, let's get real. I mean, any relationship that's not conscious is going to be run by ego. Yes. It was, it was a hundred percent, you know, us, 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 me, me, me on both sides. Yeah. Right. And when you're in that, it's like that wound so badly needed to be recognized and so badly needed to be healed. Right. Well, what happens, what ends up happening is whatever it is you're seeking, whatever your wound is, if you're not conscious, you're expecting your partner to fill that. A hundred percent. And that's why you're going after those people that you're going after. <laughs> and, yeah. and some people are like, why would you? I don't understand. But it, it's that internal struggle and that internal hole that you're trying to fill. A hundred percent. You're looking to fill that hole. Yeah. And some people go their entire lives, relationship after relationship to fill that hole. Right? They're looking to feel love. They're looking to feel seen. They're looking to... Uh, recreate or like I never had support from my parents so I'm going to be the most supportive parent and it just backfires so you're constantly seeking what your wounds are and there's nothing wrong with that every single person is wounded but you have to become conscious of that to change the patterns otherwise the patterns will continue throughout your entire life Mm -hmm. and a lot of people just get into relationships and they stay comfortable because one, they don't want to look at themselves and two, they certainly don't want to look at their wounds. Right. They don't even want to believe that wounds exist and they definitely want to project onto the other partner to make them be the healer for their, where they're struggling. Yeah. Cause they don't want to do the work. So yes. they think, Oh, this other person can just do it for me. Yes. Right. So you On seek, an energetic le- level. You seek that's what something seeking. from the other person because you're lacking so much in yourself. So it's an energetic relationship yeah. too, right? All relationships are energetic, but soulmates so much are because you are really looking for them to give you what you seek. And that is the whole soul's journey, the involvement, the lessons, what you need to level up and become. Yeah. Right. So soulmates, as you can see, using me as an example, there's contrasts. Yeah. Right. There's ones that are like really heavily there to help you evolve. And there's no rhyme or reason, like Carly said. And then there's the other extreme that it still takes work. But once you get into that conscious relationship where you don't seek anything from that person Mm -hmm. to make you be who you are as an individual. I was just going to say that. Yeah, there's the one that 
yeah, there's the contrast. So the one, the difficult situations are the ones to open your eyes and to help you heal. But when you're in the conscious relationship, they're there to help you be. Yes. Really good. Download. Yeah. To help you be. Yeah. Because I would say in my current relationship, he just helps me be Mm -hmm. like, honestly, like we laugh all the time because Carly and him, I'm like in channels. I, they're, they're talking to energy. You know, it's like, it's like a normal day. It's a normal, normal day. day in the life for me and, and Coco's partner. We just, we talk to other people, other entities. It's yeah, no big we, deal. And we all have this like, you know, conscious conversations about life and, and the way we live. And it's so funny because I'm like, you don't seek anything from me like at all, like he is his own individual, but together we co-create an amazing life. But what's really interesting, the fact that you say that is when you feel like he needs something from you, even though he never says he does, or or it probably doesn't even energetically put that out there. You have a little bit of a panic because all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, this isn't who we are. This isn't how we be. And you, and you get a little like antsy, which is normal. But it's really interesting because that's the only time that you that you get that feeling is when you feel like he's not. Yes, and like in our when he's work, trying to take something from you, which he's not. But that's just how you perceive it from conditioning. Because also in our relationship and in our work, we've realized that like he's. I people always ask me like, who's your mentor in this life? And I would say, okay, physically. I would say he's a mentor for me. And then also I have some, uh, like a few others um, in other continents. But the reason why one of his biggest like soulmate contracts for me is he's a level above me, a vibration above me so that I'm always trying, he's always trying to reach him to be Mm -hmm. sustained. So Mm -hmm. when I'm say having a bad day or being emotional with the extreme empath I am, because he's not, I spiral or I'm being out of control and he just, he zones me back in. Yeah. Right. So like Carly said, when he then. When he wavers a little bit because he's still he, human. Yes. We still, you know, we're not all perfect. <laughs> so when he wavers a bit and then comes to me to, like Carly said, maybe seeking something. I'm like, oh my God, we're doomed. Yeah, or, doom and gloom. Yeah. This is it. If you're wavering, then we, we have yeah, no chance. he's such a strong um, vibration and rock above me. I would say he, he's like, he'd be like your foundation. Yeah. So if the foundations is a little rocky, which he's allowed to be because he's human, instead of seeing it as just maybe an earthquake, you see it as like the collapse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe work that I need to have to do or whatever. But I think like why I wanted to bring that up is because you can be doing all this work and have a really conscious relationship, but it doesn't mean that that relationship is perfect and that it's easy. Oh no, hundred percent. Yeah, there's still all this stuff that goes on, and it's almost like to like a more extreme level. But when you're conscious to it. Uh, you can, what's the word, like work through it faster, yeah, more efficiently. So when we, when we talk, we talk about solutions. Right. Right. Like it's, conversation it, changes. Yes. Like it's not tit for tat. It's not like wound seeking wound and yes. you just keep going around in a tornado. And I know the feeling of that as well. So when him and I talk in a conscious soulmate relationship, I will say my piece, he listens and we come up with like solutions and we have a conscious conversation. And our language is like, he will say to me, like, that's your self-worth wound talking. Right. And then I'm like, you're right. It is. Or that's an old pattern. You -hmm. need to get out of that. You know? So he's very conscious of my um, wounds and I'm very conscious of his, but it's individual work. And then like we meet together in this like 
pyramid. Right. right? Whereas if it wasn't conscious, the conversation would be different in the sense that people would take things personally. They would react. They would, right? Project. You're projecting back and forth. Exactly. Mirror, mirror, mirror everything. Whereas here it's, this is what's going on. So how do we move forward? Yes. Not you did this to me or I did this to you. Yeah. No. Yeah. So oh, that just seems so much lighter. It That's is just so right? nice. It does. It, it's so much lighter and it's so much better. And by, by no means is it perfect, but it's just the contrast to show you the two. So if you're in either of those relationships, like compassion to you, you know, you're exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the one that, you know, is rocky or it's hard and you're like going back a million times, that's okay too. I mean, you know, no judgments. I mean, we've all been there where it's like, we've broken up, we've gone back together. You know, we have that connection. There's no rhyme or reason, but you know, if it's chaotic and you're feeling like super freaking like tornado, I mean, look at your life and just know that this is not serving you and that it is truly, I can tell you, I don't care who you are, that that is a soul mate relationship that is pushing you to evolve. Yep. Period. That's its purpose. It's it's perfect in the sense of doing exactly it's what, storm. It's, what it's been created for. Yes. The perfect storm. And like Carly said, the hardest thing for you will be to let go of that. Yeah. And it's astronomical in, in pain. You know, you might be on the floor. You know, all your wounds are going to come out to play at times in the soulmate relationship, especially when it ends or how it ends and all the things. But know that when you, you get your boat to shore... And you do the work and you do the healing, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe it. The clarity that you get is wild, but you get the clarity only when you're willing to do the work. Yeah. When you're willing to pull yourself up from your relationship and look at it as a bird's eye view Mm -hmm. and see it from compassion, from forgiveness, from what it served its purpose for, rather than you did this. Yeah, I did that, you know, probably not even I did that because you're constantly sitting in that hurt and that blame yeah, and you're they making, did this, they did this. when you're developing stories in your head about the other person, hundred percent, right? Because there's two, like there's two sides to every story and you know, in the middle somewhere is the truth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you could sit in that, that victim 3d low vibration for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm oh, my wife cheated on me or, you know, she, money is like the biggest fight of all in relationships, you know, and then kids and and the whole thing. And, you know, I'm going to like, you can look at a lot of relationships with kids and even some of you listening might be those people. And it's like, I'm going to use the kids against them. And you might not even know that you're doing that. Right. Right. But that's all energetic wounds seeking wounds, causing this like energetic fight with each other when really you just need to take a deep breath in and be like, I show gratitude and God, I know it's hard because you want to sit in that egoic mindset of poor me. Mm-hmm. I was victimized. They did this to me. They didn't love me. You know, they didn't, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And you can sit in that cycle forever. But when you actually remove yourself from that game board where that person was a player in your game and vice versa and look at yourself from a bird's eye view, you can see your growth. Well, and it's so interesting too because the heart... It, as humans, we are so logical. Like the, we, this has been a hot topic 
here um, for the past few days within our conversations, but we are so logical. So logically, what you're telling yourself when you're in these relationships is like, there's no reason for you to leave. And what I mean by that is it could be really bad and you're like, oh, you know, I should leave, but I can't because of X, Y, Z. So logic's telling you you should stay because of money, debt, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if we want to look at the boat analogy, so you're, you know, on a rocky ship in the middle of the sea and you don't want to leave because leaving would be the shore. And, you know, you don't see that right now because you're in the middle of the ocean. But that doesn't mean that when you're in the middle of the ocean, you don't know that shore is there. So it's the same thing. So it's like you're in this relationship and you know that the shore is better. You can't see it right now, but you know it's there and you know you're going to get to it eventually. So just having that faith and that trust in yourself to know that you can do it is what you need to remember when it's getting hard. Yeah. And then, you know, visualize yourself on that shore talking to that version of self on the sea. And, you know, honestly, in my personal work in the last six months, relationships has been a hot topic within readings and mentoring. And every single person that comes to me for relationship, number one already knows. Well, why would they be coming to you for a reading to know if they should be with this person if they know that it's the person? They know that it's rocky. They know that it's <laughs> bad. Know it's rocky. But they're clinging. They're clinging. They yes. want... They're hoping that with my psychic mediumship living portal that I'm going to tell them that they're wrong because that feeds the ego. Yes. And that's really, really interesting because typically those are the type of people that come to see Coco seeking validation and they never get what they want. And we tend to never hear from them again. Yeah. Which is fine. Which is totally fine. You're always exactly where you need to be. But but my point there being is that they because they already know they want Coco to tell them something different because what they want is something different but they know that that's not what it is yeah and it's a hard journey it's really hard and honestly every single person that I have seen is has been a soulmate it's been a soulmate so what's really interesting that's coming to me right now is a lot of people too are fascinated with past lives Mm -hmm. and <laughs> so we should do a whole topic on past lives, yeah, but bring so it up in, just, in terms of relationships. I'm just and, gonna bring it up briefly yeah. in terms of relationships. So a lot of people too, I mean, you might think that past lives don't exist, and that's fine. I'm not judging you, but they do. So <laughs> <laughs> But you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, so they do. So a lot of people too are like, oh, I knew them in a past life. They're feeling that. Did I I was silly one day and I texted you that. I was like, I think this person and I were probably together in a past life. And she literally texted me back and be like, you know that. And I was like, good point. Okay, yeah, I remember. Okay, I'm like, I... I I had a moment of, like, humanisms. And, I mean, here's the thing. Honestly, probably everybody... Okay, let me rephrase that. Everybody that you are with in this life, you have known in a previous life. Right. We are not, um, you know past lives are not linear. It's not like, oh, you're on your 10th life. No, you're probably on your like 10th billion life. (laughs) Like your soul is so infinite. Like it's insane. Like how many relationships in your life right now, you know, your mom could have been your lover in a Mm -hmm. previous life and all the things. And I have been into so many past lives um, of my own work to heal. And Carly, we've taken her through some as well. So I'm just going to touch on this briefly to show how past lives also can seep in and affect your current relationships um, with your soul contracts or soul mates and even twin flames. So 
with my current relationship, when I moved out here to the coast, um, I started getting crippling, like, and I mean crippling anxiety. And we were living in wine country in a small town and it was beautiful. And my partner is so outdoorsy and so fitness and it's over the top. It's taken me like a while to adjust to it (laughs) because I've never been around somebody so passionate about that. So when we first moved out here, he's like out hiking the mountainsides and, you know, doing all this like outdoorsy stuff and my anxiety I'd never had anxiety in my life up until that point was so crippling. I would burst into tears. Like I could not, you know, I couldn't focus. I couldn't live. It was astronomical. And you have the anxiety because you were worried about him while he was doing these activities. So this wasn't me just like sitting at home. It was when he left to go hiking. Okay. Right. So when he left to go hiking, he left to do all these, his activities, you know, I would get like crippling anxiety and I would like bawl my eyes out. I would like check on the phone to see where he was. And then he'd be on the side of the mountain and I'd be like, oh my God, like he's going <laughs> to die. He's stuck. He's yeah, hanging he's, on the he's side. He's going to die. Like all these like unrational next level things. And because he's so supportive and we're in that type of relationship, he would put precautions in place to like call me and support me and help me with my anxiety until it just got to this level where I was like, okay, this is messed up. Like there's something going on. And I ended up going into a past life um, that had him and I, we've had numerous past lives, but one of the ones that was triggering it so bad was he we lived out in this like wooded area and he went out into this forest um I think he was going to get food I can't even remember now and he never came back and what happened is he was eaten by a bear so I know you guys listening I was like woo, like this is next level but you guys honestly it shifted me so much to relive that life and to heal that life and to see myself and Then as the years have gone on, it's like, you know, when he goes out and hikes, I'm like, we are not in that life Mm -hmm. where the bear is going to eat him. Yeah. And that was such a, like a prolific moment for me. And then I have had numerous other ones in my healing journey journey that I've had to work through. So here's the thing, not to give people a crutch in their relationships, but yes, you, you have certainly had your soul contract or soulmate as energy in a life before. Mm -hmm. Was it romantic? Who knows? But you've had that energy, right? So Carly has gone through the same thing with um, like somebody she was dating and the energy being of that of a past life too. But that was here. Those scenarios were here to help you, right? It was actually mirrored. If it's the same one we're talking about. Whereas whatever the character of me in that past life was doing to the character of him in that past life was actually being reversed, um, in this life presently. So I was, he, he in this life was basically exuding the behavior that I did or gave to him in the other life. Yeah. So your past, so that, that person she was dating was something that lingered with her for a a long time during her healing. But what was happening there is she needed to reverse the karma in this life. So that happens a lot as well in our relationships. So everybody just needs to like breathe right now because this is like deep and a lot to take in because I can feel the energy of everybody that's (laughs) listening. I can too. Oh, look at I'm learning. Uh Yes. So I can feel the energy of everybody that's listening to right now. So just everybody breathe. I'm Coco in training. I'm breathing too. (laughs) (sighs) And realize that we also are here to reverse karma. 
with relationships. Mm -hmm. So in Carly's journey, for example, she is in a body of density in a form. And that is the only time that our souls can reverse karma. Mm -hmm. Karma has a super bad rap in the world. Like, you know, karma's a bitch and karma's going to get it. And people do not understand karma (laughs) at all. And karma goes back lifetimes upon lifetimes upon lineage. And it is a big thing that you have to reverse when you're here in a human body in density. Mm -hmm. And this is the only time that you can clear karma. So that goes back to having a soulmate or a soul contract. Honestly, that person that you met on the plane might solely be happening just so you can reverse karma. Right. Because something happened in a previous life that ticked off a domino effect that you just need to reverse. So your life is Mm -hmm. a perfect example because what you were experiencing in this life, you did in that life and you just had to reverse the karma. There needs to be balance. There always needs to be balance. There always has to be balance. And so many people's egos get wrapped up in that. Like Mm karma is going to be a bitch and next life you're going to, you know, you're going to get it hard or you're something must have happened to me in a past life that I'm hurting so hard. No, that's the victim consciousness. Right. Okay. Because nothing is ever there to make you suffer and all these things. It's here to teach you. Well, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. It's happening for you so you can reverse the karma. Yes. And your soul is here to reverse karma, to clear density, to heal wounds. And honestly, like if you do even one of those in this life, like that's astronomical. Yeah. Like let's get real. Like I could have been really wallowing for a really long time if, if I didn't sit there and think about what was going on or do that past life work. Like, yeah. Cause I... It took me a long time. I still feel to like get that. It. Yes, and I feel like that past life work actually was a pivot for you because I think we did so. that in the summer. Yeah, and I remember in my birthday in August, you had a massive pivot. Yeah, because when you saw that person again, you took your power back because all this time you thought that they had the power and you didn't. You felt you sat in that victim consciousness for a long time. Yeah, and just like we were talking about with the boat too, is I sat in that consciousness and until I found the courage to take my power back. And then I saw, then I saw shore and I was like, Oh my God, I've actually had the power the whole time. I actually did the whole time, but because I was sitting in the victim consciousness, I didn't see it that way. Yeah. And that's when you shifted. Yeah. We went through a past life with her and that's the amazing gift. And so many people will be like, oh, can you do a past life with me, Coco? I want to know who was I was. Was I Cleopatra? Your... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I I'm... feel like that's number one. Was I a princess? Was I a queen? <laughs> like they want to, the ego wants to be stuck on like who you were in a past life. And I will 100% not do past life for anything other than healing. Do you know what just came to me and why that's probably why people want to do past life? It's about power. Yeah. If you're seen as a queen or whatever in your mind you see is like the the personification of power is who you always hope you are in your past life because your past lives are there to teach you to take your power back in this life. Yeah. And as somebody who was a queen, let me tell you. Do you want to be that again? Yeah. Like <laughs> that was my very, very first past life that I went through and I wear a necklace to this day that says queen because it was a pivotal moment in my awakening that, that shifted me because I realized that a lot of the energy of who I was is that, that eight or nine year old queen and everybody coming at me and expecting mm-hmm. things from me. And I didn't feel worthy because it had just been handed down to me and all yeah. these things. Right. So that had to be reversed and we'll have a whole podcast on 
on past lives, but I just wanted to touch on it so people understood not to use it as a crutch, but a lot of things in your relationships, yeah, mm-hmm. is past life energy. And that's part of doing the work and getting to a point in your journey where you can reach out to somebody like me who is a portal to help you access the past life. Because I literally walk into that past life with you. So I don't know how anybody else accesses past lives or how that goes because I don't follow anybody else's work. But when I do past lives, I just did one on a girl a couple weeks ago and literally we walked into her past life in a Parisian room and her partner in that life... Who was her twin flame? Is her twin flame is now her dog. And he was standing at this like beautiful fireplace and he said to her, oh, you're so obsessed with the dog on your lap. Because they had a dog that was the exact same dog she currently has, same breed. And said, when I die, I'm going to come back as a dog. That dog. That dog. And we, like, I cried. She was crying. And I'm in this room with her. And I was like, oh, my God. This is astronomical. This is beautiful. And what's really interesting is, like, about three months prior to this session with her, she was told that her new dog was her twin flame. Yeah. So we can go on to twin flames now Mm -hmm. and talk about that. So twin flames. (laughs) Another label that society is obsessed with and thinks that if you find your twin flame that life (laughs) is just gonna be roses let me tell you watch what you wish for um because remember those extremes there's extremes in everything yes so twin flame is let's breathe is the other half of your soul it's the left to your right you know it is what makes you whole So every single person has a twin flame, but not necessarily in this realm. Mine is one of my top guides named Skylar. Um, Scott's twin flame is our dog. My partner, his twin flame is a dog. Carly hasn't met her twin flame, but he or she is in this realm. What was She's that? like looking at I'm me. like, what? She's looking at me being like, I'm not a lesbian. <laughs> no, exactly. no judgment. All my, like, I have lots of friends that are, but like not me. Well, I'm just saying he or she, I'm not judging the, the soul that comes forth for her. No, but we've been told it's a he, <laughs> yes. so we can say he. Um, Did you see my face? Yeah, she was, was like fun. losing it. I wish. That, all of a sudden I was like, everything I've noticed just come crumbling down. Um, and the girl that I just spoke of, her twin flame is her dog. I, at Nights with Coco, channel letters from your guides, and I have seen twin flames in daughters. Yeah. I have seen actual, we've had two twin flames here at Nights with Coco, and that's when it all came out. And it was really funny because when I was doing their knowing, the girl, I was working on her, and I asked for her name, and I said, what is your married name? Like, sorry, I didn't. The guides did when they take over my body. And... Um, it was funny because the things that they were looking at on her body was what he deals with and vice versa. And so why that happened for Coco when she was doing the reading for the two twin flames is because she, what she accesses is everyone's energy signature. So being as they are basically one, mm-hmm. two pieces of one, their um, information was getting mixed up as to the physical form in which it was in because it's the exact same 
soul. Yeah. Yeah. So that was such a teaching tool for me that was and really our team. So this happens to us all the time. Like we're learning every single day, just like everyone else. And after that event, I was like, so interesting. And then they ended up coming to our advanced nights and we dug even deeper. And I was like, this is just amazing. Like I'm yeah. just loving my life right now. And <laughs> so, so, I mean, honestly, I haven't met anybody yet that a parent, like, uh, yeah. Okay. Daughter. We have, we have seen daughter. We had da- daughters and we haven't had anyone that's just like a friend though. Yeah. We haven't had friends yet. No. We haven't had like brother and sister no. that, I, that I have been, that has come into our field. I, I wonder, maybe you'll go down a little bit and ask this question. Are like human twins, twin flames? Like, you oh, know, yeah, probably. You they know what I mean? Like, when I mean, like, I have a friend, he's a twin, and like, would his twin be his twin flame? I mean, that would be, a, I think that's a mind thing, an ego thing, right. making logical sense of it. Yes. So, no, but anybody can be twin flame. But who knows? Right? They could be, but it's, yes, it was but not I think set that's, in stone. I think that's more of like a human thing. Being logic. Like, well, that makes sense. It's logic. logic. Yeah. Yeah. So, twin flames, um, here's the, the basis of twin flames. If you're in a twin flame, flame relationship it's either going to be the worst relationship of your life or the most amazing so if you are un- here's to the most amazing <laughs> <laughs> of course that's what everybody wants right but when you first get into it you know it's magnetic it's all the things you know the passion is there um but it it's it's very unhealthy if it's wounds if you're wounded and you are have not healed and you're your core wounds and your mother and father wounds are out there and you're totally unconscious, your relationship is going to be a push pull, mm-hmm. push pull because it's, it's seeking balance, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to be take, pull, take, pull. Well, that take, makes pull. sense. I mean, we were just talking about how when you're in an unconscious relationship and you're seeking um, to fill your hole from your partner, if that's your twin flame, that's going to be even more intense. Because, it's going to be at the level. Right, because now you're like, well, your soul's thinking, this is the other part of me. It will for sure be able to heal me. Yeah, and also, if you really want to get into the toxicity of twin flame relationships too, like there's the the narcissist and empath relationships, and a lot of that happens with twin flame. Could you flame. imagine a twin flame, yeah. narcissist, and empath? Yeah, it's oh. super unhealthy. It's super, super unhealthy. And it's also so passionate and so intense and your fights are intense and, you know, your passion for each other is intense. And it's like your jealousy, your rage, your tit for tat. It's like, it's an accelerator. It's an accelerator because no one wants to look at themselves and everybody wants to pull at each other. Do you understand the Mm -hmm. the image I'm trying to give right now? Like Mm -hmm. it is two souls that need balance but they're showing me like a tug of war. There's right. always a tug of war of like, who's going to take more to try and balance it out. Right. So they're showing me the rope right now. And it's like power struggle. Yeah. It's a power struggle because if, if, if you and I are twin flames, I'm holding that, that rope. Like when we're kids, the tug of war, because I want more of your rope because I want to get balanced out. Right. And then vice versa. So it's so back mm-hmm. and forth, back and forth. It doesn't start that way. But then also in the next sense, it's like that, that relationship to that, like, it's behind closed doors is like, is like this, but to the world, it's like picture perfect. Right. They, the contrast is so extreme. Right. Right. So it's like, everybody's like, Oh, you guys are made for each other and you're perfect. And you're tired. If you're in this relationship, you're tired. You're tired of faking it. You're tired of this struggle. And honestly, twin flames, they're telling me right now are the ones that are going to be rock the hardest 
in 2020. My because, eyes just got real big. Yeah, because the the light the, the light is coming to the or sorry, the darkness is coming to the light. Do you know what's really interesting? They always say hindsight's 2020. Mhm. What year are we? 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So, if you're in that twin flame relationship, you know, compassion for you, but hopefully the words that we're saying is giving you that vibrational experience that you need to start looking at your life. If you need guidance, you know, you can always reach out. I can access and help, but just know that like you are destined for more. And just because someone is a twin flame, it does not mean that you need to be with them in this life. So many people are attached to that too. Just because you have a label of, you know, twin flame. So many people think they need to make that work. And uh, how can I let my twin flame go? No, like again, it's just, it's human free will. Yes. But it's also something that had to happen to make you evolve right you if you're in that type of twin flame relationship and you get out of it you're gonna evolve right you're gonna have an awakening you're gonna have exactly what you needed to have from that relationship if you can pull yourself out of victim Mm -hmm. because in that type of relationship it's very easy to sit in victim especially if it's narcissism right because it's also it's more intense so you're gonna feel everything 10 times harder yes yeah so on the opposite of that, if you're healed... Yeah, my ego wants to know about this. Tell me about this side of things. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I know. If you're healed and you've done the work... So someone like Carly, who has been single for you know two plus years, compassion to her because everything is happening for her exactly how it should be. Mm-hmm. Because now, one, she's very conscious of who she gets in a relationship with. Yes. Whereas before, wounded Carly would be like, notice me. Oh, you pay attention to me. Oh, you did something nice for me? Yes. Fantastic. I'll take it. Yeah. And I used to say that to her when she was dating a few people and they really treated her like, let's be frank, shit. Yeah. And I'd be like, Carly. Like, I would say like a commodity too, right? Yes. Like, what can they get from me, not what they can do for me? Well, and she would get treated good for like a hot minute. Yeah. And, she, and you would sit and focus on that. And That's what you do. hold on to. A lot of us with wounds do. You yeah. hold on to that hot minute where they like doted on you or whatever's feeding your well, wounds. And what used to come, what Coco used to say to me, it was coming up what my guides would tell her. It's like, you're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yes. Like you're just getting a hint, but you're never going to get the rest because you're not doing the work. Well, yes, because you had a string of the same type of relationships, yeah. right? So from the com- the long-term committed relationship and then a few dating relationships, like they weren't like committed. Um, she was seeing a gradual increase as she moved along. It was along. getting better. Yes. But, but it like, was always... we're talking, but not by, you know, we're talking like. <laughs> Let's say the bar was set low. Yeah. We're talking like, we're talking like breadcrumbs better. Like they got a little bit bigger. As the, the crumbs got yeah, bigger. Yeah, the crumbs got bigger. But that's what I would focus on. Yes. Is the crumb is bigger. Yes. And not so then, the whole loaf. The crumb is so bigger. So then her guides through me would be like, you're just obsessed that the crumb is bigger because you've never had a crumb this (laughs) This big. big. (laughs) But her self-worth was so low that she was like, oh yeah, this is it for me. Like this is the relationship. And her ego would get so messed up with her that she would go into her meditations and every single meditation she was in, her ego would put that person on the face of her meditations to try and validate and tell her, this is the crumb because this is it for you. That's what I wanted, not yes, what I needed. Exactly. Yeah. So she had to go through that work to distinguish between her ego and her soul, right? So she'd go through these and she would argue with me, being like, <laughs> I don't know, like this is it. This is a hundred percent it. I know it's him and all these things. And I'd be like, 
in my head, I'd be like, I, I have to let her have her journey. Yeah. Right. Because in that can't moment, influence I, too much. when I can't tell her yeah. over and over, she's wrong. She had to come to that in her own yeah. way. Yeah. Right. And realize that she doesn't deserve the crumbs. She deserves the fucking loaf of bread. <laughs> Or the buffet, let's go bigger. Right? (laughs) But she had been so used to the crumbs and that was her entire life up until this point. So you had to go through that journey. Yeah. And a lot of us go through that where we just are literally settled on the freaking crumb. Mm -hmm. And we don't think that we're ever going to find better, be better, anything. And so now Carly, who we know that her relationship is going to be a twin flame, is because now she's done two and a half years of self-work, like hardcore work, and is still doing it. So that person is probably doing work or already conscious or already starting and is going to find her and they're going to frequency match. And if he's not at her level, they're going to move into a conscious relationship together because she's not going to not be in a conscious relationship. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And that person being her twin flame is going to have to either level up with her right off the hop. Or get out. Or get out, honestly. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it, that's how it's going to be because they need that balance. And I, I remember listening to um, a podcast years ago about a couple that one of them had gone to Tony Robbins. And then she came home and she kind of implemented some of the stuff that Tony Robbins Mm -hmm. and she was leveling up in her life. And she's like, I had a hardcore moment when I realized that if he didn't get on board with the vibration that I was moving on, our marriage wasn't going to make it Mm -hmm. because it's true. Yeah. And if you can look in your relationships right now, especially with this type of work, you know, your husband, your wife, your boyfriend could be like, Oh, that's so woohoo or that's so hocus pocus. And here you are trying to be conscious and trying to move up. And it's really hard when your partner is against you. Well, it's hard already. We always say the work is hard. So when your support system or the person that's supposed to be your support system doesn't support you, that just amplifies it. Yeah. And we have had lots of people at Knights of Cocoa when we talk about this. And I know Carly has gone and talked to people and been like, don't get upset. Like, I know you're married. Yeah. I know. I know your thought right now is, oh my God, he's not there. But honestly, (laughs) it, as you do the work and you change in your energy field, the people around you are going to shift. They are. And then honestly, like you will know if they're not going to, Absolutely. and you're going to face this and realize that either you're in a soulmate or twin flame relationship. Yeah. Right. One of my best friends, she came to one of our nights with Coco early on. And I, that was one of the people that I talked to about this because she's married and has a son and we were talking and I knew right away that that was going to be a concern for her. Um, but what's really, really great. What I'm happy to report is she's been doing so much work. I know on her own, just researching and really just like pulling back her rose colored glasses really is what's going on. And she said to me, she's like, I can't believe how he's changing. She's like, I've literally, he doesn't talk to her about it, doesn't ask her about her work, but just through how she is now living her life and how she reacts to things, the the language she uses, her vibration has shifted. And so she's just amazed at how, without even words being said, his reactions are different now too, because he is leveling up with her. He's not at her point when he's getting there. And what is my favorite line? Everything is energy. Yeah. Like that is the truth. My coach even says that to me. He's like, 
oh my gosh, like since I've shifted, my dog doesn't attack my fiance. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's probably it's, true it because the true. dog animals are so, they're such empaths. Like yes. they pick up on everything. So that, that's how Caesar Milan is so good at training. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do anything different. He just taps a dog on the head and it's freaking at he's attention. In, he's in their energy field. He's in their energy yeah. field. Exactly. And that, and like, especially like with twin flames with animals, like, you know, Scott, my partner, Scott, he had said um, at Nights with Coco one night, he was talking about how Ren, our yeah. dog, is his twin flame to teach And him. that was new to you. He just came out and said that. That was we were his like, work. That was and he his has download. like a strong knowing where he gets chills all the way down the side of his head. So he has done work to know that validation. And then when he said that to me, like I was getting emotional. I was like, wow, I can't believe I'm like, I'm so proud of him. Number one, for doing that work without coming through me. And then he opened up to like everybody and was like, the dog is my twin flame to show me how to be more vulnerable. And how to show compassion. Yeah. Especially in my relationships because he has had, you know, two divorces and he had, um, you know, soul contracts, like he's coming on a podcast in the future to talk about his journey, but he's like a prime example of soul contracts and building the same house over and over mm-hmm. again to then recognize the pattern in our relationship to flip it. Right. And now he has this animal that is here with strong purpose to help him. Yep. Right. And that happens all the time. So there's another example. We're in a soulmate relationship, but neither of us, once Ren dies, are going to have our twin flame in this realm. Yep. Right? But that won't happen until Ren has fulfilled his purpose. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we get so caught up in all these labels and it doesn't matter. Like, I don't look at my relationship and be like, oh, I'm in a soulmate relationship. Like, I don't care. Yeah, I've never heard you say, Scott's my soulmate. No. Like, I feel like that'd be cheesy no. coming from And you. I never even said that about my past relationship. Uh, like, I mean, I feel like I told him a few times when I was like really distraught and emotional, trying to express my feelings yeah. of when I was broken. But other than that, it's not like a label that I needed to like validate my ego. But now that I am who I am and like sitting here in my power, gosh, does it bring me so much relief to be able to understand why things happen the way that they did. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of things, too, we talked about this with um, with, a, with a mutual friend um, that has a kid um, and that's a big thing too, is we mentor and my partner mentors a lot on that is like, if you have ex-wives or what's the term baby mama, you yeah. know, like there was no real relationship there that that was a soul contract. Yeah. That was a soulmate that happened so that you could then in turn have that person be the vessel for your child. Yeah. Well, with someone like that, we know his, we'll call her baby mama, just yeah. cause that's where we're at. Um, was just the vessel to bring his twin flame into mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. So until, you know, until we figured that out and he had that aha moment, you know. He was sitting very much, dis- like, very much, much hate yes, and anger like, and felt like he had no power. No, and he know? didn't know, like, why? Like, why is this person in my life? Like, just, like, through all the pain, just sitting in that. Yeah, and, that- and he was really, like, it shifted him. Oh, like, for sure. Big time, energetically in that moment. And then I heard after how he started taking his power back and he was like, wow. Like, he's like, you know, telling us after this knowledge came out, like, all the XYZ things happen, like, you know, the, the drama, yeah. right? And he's like, but now 
I'm seeing that as a place of compassion, mm-hmm. right? And like with our kids' mom um, and my partner's ex-wife, he married her very young um, out of, he thought he had to do that because right. he had gotten her pregnant or they had gotten pregnant uh, at 18. So to him, it was like, I have to marry her and went through so much drama. And it's so interesting to have him talk about it now, which mm-hmm. he will, um, on an episode to talk about the compassion of that. And even our kids, um, who do all this work with us as well. And like are really conscious or like my mom who they don't have a relationship with was just a vessel. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the kids, you can go it all the way back right now. The yeah. kids have soul contracts and soul mate relationships with their mom. Like my daughter has absolutely no relationship with her mom, but will say to me, I have nothing but compassion to her because she was my vessel. Yeah. And she, uh, taught, like brought out the wounds in her that she needed to look at to reverse her karma and also reverse her life to become who she's going to be in this life. And she's only 17 and fulfill her purpose. Yeah. Yeah. But now she's done so much work where she sees her mom as, you know, the soulmate that she was at the end of the day. She even says to me, like, I chose her. Like I can't even be angry at her not being able to be a mother to me because I needed her not to be. Yeah. So that I could become who I'm going to become. Yeah, exactly. Deep. I get it, but breathe everybody. So even I also, I feel like though, when you just said that, like a lot of light bulbs may have just gone yeah. off for a lot of people. Me too. Yeah. So like, if you have a relationship with a parent, that is what I just said to you. Think about that. Stop being so angry at your parents. You know, they did the best that they could. You know, think about it. Up until this point, nobody talked openly about this stuff at all Mm -hmm. so in our parents generation and our grandparents generation and we go back and back it was strife it was struggle it was ego it was all the things you were you were told how to live by every single generation Mm -hmm. like my goodness even our parents generations like it was get married and you need to have a kid right away and if you don't like you're next level I'm watching this amazing show on Amazon Prime about the jazz age and that too it was like you know, you are there to serve your husband. Like on your night of your marriage, you lay back and you do what he needs you to do. Oh Lord. Right. But that's the lineage. Yeah. Right. So you have to show compassion for your parents and their relationship because you only know what you know. Yeah. And a lot of us come from, from parents who had really shitty relationships mm-hmm. straight up. But it was wound-seeking wounds. And like we talked about previously, they stayed in these relationships based on time. Yeah. Right? Or they stayed in these relationships out of fear, especially in that generation. Mm -hmm. And you just have to show compassion that a lot of our our parents' um, relationships were were from woundage. Mm -hmm. So then they raised us. So then now you are the one that has to stop the cycle with your relationships, with the way you parent, with the way that, that you partner. Yeah. Right? Because that lineage is so strong. Yeah. And you're literally creating a new way. Yeah. And you can stay in that cycle for your entire life. You know, it's like we said, it's so easy to stay in this victim, this victim mindset. But what I really want to like end this with and really kind of talk about is how to like manage the energy within all these relationships and all these terms and all these things. So 
All relationships are soul contracts. Your aunts, your uncles, your everybody relationships. Just because someone has a label to you does not mean that they need to be in your life either. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. That's huge. So just because somebody's an auntie, a sister, a mother, a father, you know, we've been so conditioned that, well, it's my mom, it's my dad, it's my sister, it's my whatever. It's family. It's just that, oh, that overarching statement. Yes. It's family. So So what, you dim your light to allow to be feeling less than because everybody else is projecting their wounds on you and keeping you in that, that scared, that eggshell or that, um, trigger, that trigger Mm -hmm. pattern. So the hardest work, but the best work is when you start to heal your wounds and yourself, which we talk about all the time. It's just a broken record with Carly and I, but once you start to heal your wounds and understand your power, your fight patterns, your language changes and everybody shifts around you. Mm -hmm. So when you're in these family settings or you're in these relationships and you don't know how to like change or shift or level up the way that you speak and the way you fight is how things shift. So I have a, I have somebody I mentor and they fight like crazy and it's, it's, it's next level. And I'm always saying to her, once you change the way you react, your entire relationship mm-hmm. is going to shift because he's seeking your light, you're seeking his light, it's that rope again. But when you stop fighting the same way you always have and become conscious to it instead of doing the habit and behavior pattern, yeah. it shifts. Yeah. Because when you no longer give them the power, which you were doing, yeah. it shifts. Mm-hmm. Because they then don't know, they don't know how to react because they're so used to how you're reacting. Everyone's on autopilot. Yes. It's so it's like the easier. Same, you can look right now, like look at your relationships, any type of relationship you have, any, anybody that is of a pain point for you, yeah. of a trigger point to you. How do you fight? How do you communicate on text? How does it come full circle all the time, the exact same way? I'm, I'm 100% sure that every single one of you gets off of a phone call or a text message with someone and goes and complains or vents to your best friend or your partner and says, I'm so sick of, you know, Auntie Joan. Yeah. She blah, 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 blah. And a conscious partner will say to you, is that anything new? Yeah. Because it's the same cycle over and over within relationship dynamics. So what you have to understand is that is happening to reverse karma. And it'll keep ha- it'll keep happening yes. until you do. <laughs> and to heal. Yeah. So until you recognize that, that same thing is going to happen over and over and over and over again. Stand in your power. Like ex-wives, ex-husbands, you're still fighting the same way you fought when you were together. Mm-hmm. Or it's tit for tat, it's this for that. You know, you have to pull yourself up, pull your piece off that Monopoly board and say, I'm done playing. I'm going to play different. Mm -hmm. And when you play different, we don't mean, you know, I'm going to play harder and meaner and all the things you play from compassion, from forgiveness and from love. And that's hard Mm -hmm. because our ego and the collective wants you to stay in that, that cycle. Yeah. So the reason why I felt so called to talk about this whole podcast is because this, as we're seeing it, is going to be a theme this year. Yeah. 
And everybody wants to understand their relationships and understand how to let go or how to be in one that, that, you know, aligns with who they are. Like this year is truly about coming home to your soul. And that means all the relationships in your life, Mm -hmm. friendships, including, and yeah, so there is soul contracts, there is soulmates and there is twin flames, but they're just labels. Yeah. You always have the power in every single one of those relationships. Exactly. And even though you've made these choices outside of time before you came into this body, you still have the, the, the human free will to change at any point in time, but you also have your soul. Well, and also like if that's overwhelming for you, know that, yeah, you have decided how this is going to go outside of time. So even though you have free will, take comfort in the fact that you can't make a wrong decision. No, you can't. And that's why I'm saying you have your soul. Yeah. You have your guides. You have your higher self. You have all this stuff that you can't even imagine guiding you. Mm -hmm. And in the, in a previous podcast, I had, I had done a meditation and maybe we'll record it singing like on its own so mm-hmm. that you can just have it to do the doors. Yeah. To know, you know, when you're struggling to leave and stuff, the doors can help you. But just know that, you know, yeah, there's all these labels and we've broken them down for you, but it truly doesn't matter either way. No. It doesn't. But that's literally just trying to, I guess, personify it for the human mind, well, for the teach, logical Right? Mind. Like I yeah. use my relationships to teach you, to show you. Carly is using her examples to show you. Yeah, it's a label and it, and it gives logic to the mind that seeks. Yeah. But honestly, the soul doesn't give a shit. No. Your soul doesn't care about your soulmates or your twin flames or any of that. That is your ego that needs that to, to move forth. So this is our early Valentine's Day gift for you guys. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that everybody enjoyed it. And please visit us on... Uh, so our Instagram is Soul Rehab Podcast, and we also have um, Coco now has a website, so you can check her out uh, dailydigital.com/slash/consciouslycoco. Yeah, so on Consciously Coco, you can click the link in my profile and book a session. So if anything resonates with you, we're here to help you. Don't walk this alone, and you know, message us. Let us know your feedback. Share our podcast. You know, tell other people who are seeking, we're here to help. Any topics, any questions, let us know. And thanks for listening.